Next on BYUSN, the Cougars are five days away from joining the Big 12 Conference. It's getting real. Today we talk about expectations, which teams are ready, the challenges, the opportunities, and more. It's a Big 12 Roundtable, and it starts now. This year, this my show. Not a quitter, but I came close. Then the drums start beating and the lights turn on. That's right, baby, I'm home. Who you know do it like this? Make a comeback so fierce. Whole world better tune in. Watch out, cause I'ma go big. 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 Oh, that logo looks great in blue. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. It is Monday, June 26th, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Jerem Jordan in Studio B, alongside the three amigos. It feels like the Avengers have assembled. Football analyst David Nixon, women's basketball analyst Kristen Kozlowski, and men's basketball analyst Tyler Haas. Guys, what's going on? Oh, feels great to be back. Get the band back together. Yeah. Yes, this and you guys studio. don't like, you aren't like in the same room a lot. So no. this is fun yeah, for me. No. I we see you all the time. Yes. We together. see each other kind of yeah. coming and going yep. in, the, you know, in studio, and, uh, and, and now we get to be on a one show together. This will be fun. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be a full hour of talk about BYU and the Big 12, which will be great. Now, the thing that we all have in common, other than being great athletes, is that we all were men's basketball analysts at some point. People forget you did <laughs> hey. it, David. That's right. You okay. called some of our games. Uh, yes. No, 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 no. Time out, time out. Time out, time out, time out. I called one game. That was it. I filled in for as a scrimmage. And I filled in, and it was uh, – listen, I played in high school, so I like to think that, like, oh, I know my basketball stuff. But when you start commentating on the technical parts of basketball, that's when it's I different. realized this yeah. is not my gig. I will stick to football, <laughs> and I will let the, the, the experts over here handle basketball. Yeah. But, Don't uh, worry. I've, I've done softball. I've done soccer. Yeah, you've were, done volleyball. Those were not quite my lane, I realize. <laughs> yeah. you you've know, done but, all but of it. You can, you can take it. Yeah, you figured it out. Yeah, yeah, even I filled in for Blaine one time as the analyst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was fun, man. It was fun. I don't, I don't know if it took a few minutes for Dave to kind of trust me, I think, in yeah. the moment. But it yeah, was I, th fun. I think I called my game with Dave. I was like, a couple of times I was like, Dave, just, just keep going. Just You're good. You, you, you just keep, take just this take one. It. I'll take it off. Yeah, I'll do every other. I'll do defense <laughs> yeah. only, which yeah. is your thing. There you go. Okay, so, you know, BYU in the Big 12. That's coming up on Saturday. We're going to have, a, a, you know, formal celebrations and shows, which will be really fun. But, Kristen, let's start with you. What are your emotions as we get to the official entrance into the Big 12? Well, initially, super excited, right? Two years ago, overexcited that we have this, this huge opportunity to go into the Big 12. And then it felt like forever, waiting two years like to wait that long. And we do then, that a lot around right. here. <laughs> let's let's prep you and then let's wait. Um, but I, I feel like even this last year, it was it was kind of a long year, like Christmas morning. You're waiting, you know, until you can open up those presents. But I think I join a lot of Cougar fans in the excitement, um, a little bit of anticipation. You know, when's that first game? You know, how are we going to do September 23rd when we take on Kansas? And so super excited uh, as many Cougar fans would be and just looking forward to it. And it, it's been a minute, as you mentioned, September 10th, 2021. But, Tyler, you go on your mission. BYU's in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. You come back there in the WCC. Um, this is going to be another transition this time for these athletes this year. A absolutely. I, I think in the emotions that I'm feeling, it's a lot of good, nervous energy. Like, you know, I, I picture what, you know, my feelings that I felt going into a really big game or a big tournament or something. And this, I, I feel like all of Cug Cougar Nation feels those same feelings. There's a lot of anticipation, but it, it's an opportunity, right, to, to see where you stack up against uh, some of the best in the country. And in football, we've kind of waited for this, David. This has been a very, very long wait. I mean, I, I joke with people that during my time here, I won two Mountain West Conference championships, and I have two rings. 
but I don't wear them because it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, who cares about the Mountain West? And, and I think that's how for BYU with independence is you had to take that step in order to be ready for this moment that you're called into the Big 12. And so it's finally here. People have waited for this. Players have waited for this, right? I mean, th- this is what everyone wanted to be in a P5. In order to be the best, you had to play the best. And you had to be in the conference because you had more access to bowl games, et cetera. And so finally this came about. And I think not only are the fans ecstatic, right, but I think players are even more pumped because now they get to be on the big stage, most exposure possible, uh, playing on the P5 level. And so, yeah, I, I think everyone in the program, coaches, players, fans, everybody around BYU is so ready for this moment. And it's going to be a magical year. I, who, who knows? We'll get into the records and what we, what we think uh, will kind of play out. But ultimately – it's just going to be a fun year to finally be part of a, of a conference and a P5 conference, not be the little brother anymore. Like, looking at the Big 12 logo next to a stretch wide just feels good. Like, it feels familiar. We've been waiting a long time. It's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know that we could have had better vibes than when BYU got invited to the Big 12 on Friday, September 10th. But the next day, the nine-game losing streak ends to Utah. Like, that was the greatest weekend ever. <laughs> 100%. Riding I, a little high, right? I, I think yeah. we're on a high I there. Say, I don't know if it gets any better than that than that particular weekend. And uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of that energy from the announcement actually carried over into that football game. Uh, because at that point, I think the players took it upon themselves saying, listen, we've got to go out there and prove that we belong in the Big 12, that, that we can you know, play on this stage. And sure enough, they had to go out there and play against Utah, and, uh, and, and they went out there and showed that they do belong in that stage, and they can hang with the big boys. It was awesome, man. Okay, uh, since then, BYU certainly had time to prepare for this. So, Kristen, what do you feel like has changed at BYU since that invite? I think they've done a, a fantastic job on the, on the field and off the field, right? And so we've seen a lot of just upgrades in terms of locker room upgrades and facility upgrades. I think we're still waiting on one big main facility just for football, right? And when that will come, there's not been a timetable on that, but that's been rumored. And then on the, on the court or on the field, a lot of coaching changes. Obviously, Jay Hill on the football side. For women's basketball, a lot of changes. We saw Jeff Judkins leave after 21 seasons, all-time winning as coach, men's and women's basketball, and a brand-new hire in Amber Whiting. And Amber Whiting, first year down in the WCC, now she's going to come back this year, and here you go. Like, guns blazing, you got to take on the Big 12. And, and she's also – made a new hire just recently with John Wardenberg, which is a great pickup for them as well. But I think we've seen it in both sides. But also one thing I've seen the last two years that I absolutely love is just the fan interaction, the fan engagement. BYU fans are so special. But we've also seen that taken to a new level. And I think one of the major things that I saw a huge improvement was social media in the graphics, the content, the videos that are being created, allowing you to be engulfed in BYU sports and have a glimpse into what it's like to be a BYU athlete. Tyler, what changes have you seen? Yeah, I think... On, in, in my mind, I think, you know, there's, there's been a lot of different good things happen on, in, in basketball. And, you know, there's been a coaching change as well, Cahill uh, Fennell. But I think that the changes uh, in the basketball program have been happening in the last 10 years. And they've been prepping for this moment to, to get into a Power Five conference. You know, I look at, look at the annex. I look at the changes they've made, uh, you know, in, in the classroom and on the nutrition side, in the weight room, all of these upgrades and facilities have been in preparation for a moment like this. And so, you know, I, I think success happens when preparation meets opportunity. And we BYU and its fans, coaches, players, they've all been prepping for this moment. And, and I, I think they're ready. I think they're a lot more ready than, uh, than a lot of people think. And this is really exciting. 
And because, you know, it's happened uh, in 2021, now 2023, and not, say, 2011 or 12, when there was the first big movement, and BYU was ready. BYU's had more time to get ready the last decade. And now NIL comes in, and now the transfer portal comes in, and uh, men's basketball certainly affected. But this year, we've seen 20 new players in football. The transfer portal is here to stay. Well, and you ask, what are the biggest changes? And, and yeah, Kristen hit on Jay Hill. But, but player-wise, now the staff knows you're going to the Big 12. And, and these are the type of teams you're going to face moving forward. You're going to face spread teams. You're going to face a Baylor team that likes to, to pound the rock, right, with Jeff Grimes. And so you've got a lot of different offenses you now have to prepare for. And this staff knew that they had to go out there and get specific players for specific type of schemes against these specific teams that they're playing in the Big 12, right? If you're going to the SEC, it's a different game. You're going against the Georgias who, who, who will just cram the ball down your throat. But you're going against Texas Tech. You're going against Houston. These guys like to spread you out. West Virginia, spread you out and air the ball out. Same with Houston. And so they, they know that. And so you saw in the transfer portal, BYU goes after some DBs, Eddie Heckard. Um, they, they went after some strong running backs knowing they'd have to match that running game. Um, and so this, this coaching staff, the Big 12, is, I mean, it's, it's top of mind for them knowing that their personnel has to match the type of opponents they're going to play. And, and I love the pickup of Jay Hill uh, because this is a guy who you go back throughout his whole history as a coach, he absolutely loves bringing pressure. And that's something that's lacked in this BYU defense. It's, it's no secret there, right? BYU's lacked bringing pressure these last few years. Um, and so Kalani realized that and knew that a change needed to be made. Um, and he goes with Jay Hill. And, and sure enough, I was at spring ball, and I've talked to some of the offensive coaches. And uh, one of the offensive coaches said, listen, compare, you know, we, came, we compared the last couple years of our old defensive staff and the pressure we got in practice. We'd maybe have a guy in our face every four, five, six plays. He said, it's every single play in practice now where we have a defensive end, a back or somebody blitzing right in our face. And it's not the fact that the offensive line is struggling. It's just the fact the scheme has changed. And, and I think the urgency is there, especially from this defensive staff, knowing that we're going to be facing some tough offenses in the, in the Big 12 and we've got to be ready. Okay, the following conversation in 2016 would have been why BYU should be in the league, <laughs> but now it's preaching to the choir. So, Kristen, why is BYU such a good fit for the Big 12, in your opinion? Well, I think particularly fan base as well. You know, so this is a larger university. It's clear that the Big 12 wants to go after large enrollment, which means large fan base, right? And there is such a following with BYU sports that you can't get with other colleges. We go not only throughout the city, throughout the state, but beyond that, right? Nationally, globally. And so there is a, a massive fan base that supports BYU because we're affiliated with the church. And so we have that ability to reach many different states, many different countries, and engulf in what we've been able to do. And, and it's our BYU TV programming and what we do with our pregame, our postgame, and now being able to access the games on ESPN Plus or on ESPN and Fox now with the Big 12. But I think with the fan base, we're such a good fit with, with the value that we bring to the conference and what we've been able to do as a program in, in preparation like we talk. I mean, for 10 plus years, we heard, you gotta be in a conference, we gotta get into a conference, but the, the process has been ongoing at preparing for this, not just the last two years, but it's been ongoing. And I think that they've done that in their recruitment and what they've done in hiring in the new staff. And so our whole um, product as a whole, which engulfs the fan base as well, is why we fit the Big 12. More on that uh, TV situation coming up later. Yeah. You're taking copious notes, Tyler. What are you writing down? <laughs> well, I, I think BYU brings a ton of history and a winning culture uh, that I think you know, matches the, the level of talent and teams and programs that the Big 12 has. And BYU's looked at as a mid-major program. They're trying to get to that next level just from a status perspective. And, you know, Kristen touched on the fan base. I, when I played, I always felt like I was going to look up and see a sea of blue. And I took that for granted. But wherever we went in the country, 
you know, I, I knew there was going to be fans there cheering for us. And so I think with BYU TV and the global and, and just the reach of, of the fan base uh, is really, really valuable to, uh, to the Big 12. How do you see it, David? Yeah, there's, there's no question from a geographic standpoint, you know, for the Big 12 to now expand to the mountain region and get some of the West Coast was huge for them. I think BYU, as far as values go, uh, cons- more of a conservative fan base that fits the South and Texas and kind of the, the schools that, that are in the Big 12. Um, but but I, I think that from a competitive nature, uh, I think they do look at BYU and, and the football and all sports have been very competitive across the board for, for decades. And I think they realize BYU brings a lot of value to this conference. I, I think bringing BYU in, um, you know, boosted kind of the the image of the Big 12 and what they're trying to accomplish as well. So I think it's a I think it's a very happy marriage. I think BYU obviously looking for a P5, mm-hmm. and I think this is the perfect fit for for BYU. I think for years maybe people thought Pac-12 might be a, a good fit, but I honestly think Big 12 and, and how competitive this is and what it's going to do for all sports across the board. I think it's a perfect marriage. I grew up in the Northwest initially, then moved to Utah, and I always loved the Pac-12. I loved the Pac-10. It was fun. I think initially I, I wanted that for a long time. But you're right. Like the, the sort of the nature geopolitically sort of fits in the Big 12 better. And listen, the Pac-12 could have had BYU for a long mm. time, for like 40 yeah. years, and they didn't choose it. But ultimately, I think this is the better fit. So along those lines, Chris, and why is the Big 12 such a good fit for BYU? Uh, that's a good question. I, I really think that as you look at BYU as a whole, we've always valued exposure, right, over revenue and in terms of TV deals. And so this is a bigger platform for us to, to expose people to who BYU is, what we can do on a competitive level, like Dave said, but also like the church as well and our affiliation with the church and what we want to represent as athletes, as, as media people, as, as staff at BYU, the athletics department. And so that's huge. I think it's also, I mean, and we've seen it, the recruitment that now we can land some bigger recruits going into the Big 12 because these recruits, these players that come out of high school or the transfer portal go, I want to play on that platform. I want to be in a P5 conference and play on the big stage. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. And, it, and I think those are two things that stand out in my mind, especially that's why it's such a good fit for us. We, we would hope the recruiting goes up and, sure. and certainly the access to the best members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who want to be at BYU has always been a thing, but now there's no reason not to unless you just don't want to be at BYU, Tyler. You were a high-profile recruit coming out, obviously a legacy kid, but how, how swayed would you be to go anywhere else but BYU at this point, being in the Big 12 now? Yeah, it, it would be very hard to pass up that opportunity, right? It, that was always, you know, my schools, when I was going through my recruiting process, it was BYU, it was Utah, it was Stanford, and looked at a couple of schools back east, but that... I wanted to play at the highest level possible. And, you know, Stanford was definitely a school. It was Pac-10 at the time, but, uh, you know, playing against USC or UCLA, like those things always crossed my mind. And so now to have, you know, the opportunity to play against some of the best basketball teams in the country, uh, that would have been, you know, really big for me to to pass up on. Um, And I, I think it's, definitely something to not overlook Uh, i think if you're an lds kid nowadays like you have to take a a really hard look at at byu because you know i think it checks off all the boxes that that you're looking for as a student athlete and it it did for me at the time you know even in the mountain west and west coast conference but everything just gets elevated and the opportunity and the stage everything just gets bigger and and better and so and and i think continuing uh, BYU and, and its coaches and its staff, they're just, they don't want to just go into the Big 12. They want to go in and win. 
And, and I think that's the mindset across the board. Uh, we're not just happy to be here. We want to we want to bring a, a winning mindset and culture too. I mentioned growing up in Pac-12 country. You grew up in Big 12 country in College Station. Now it's SEC country. This is a league that uh, at one point you maybe imagined you'd play in. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I, I was in Big 12 country. That A&M was part of it. Texas was part of it. Um, Colorado. So things have changed a little bit since. Now a lot of those guys go in SEC and, and Pac-12. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up with with Texas A&M vying for that Big 12 championship. It was a big deal, right? To, to, with with all the competitiveness that was in that league as well. And so, um, yeah, the, the Big 12 is is kind of near and dear to my heart because that's what I was used to growing up. Um, but when you mention what you know, the fit for for the Big 12 for BYU, uh, I think one word comes to mind is stability. And, and I think we've seen that play out over the last you know maybe call it 12, 18 months with with BYU being added, um, and then you know the, with with Big 12 having rumors of, of getting other schools to come as well. And, and I think that's what's nice is know that you've got a commissioner. And we had your mark on our show, Commissioner Yormark, uh, when we when BYU played Baylor on the countdown kickoff show. We we had him on on our show, and you could tell from him his leadership. He was all about going and trying to find, you know, great additions to the conference. And he was going to be proactive. He wasn't going to sit around and wait for teams to approach him. We're were, open for business. They were open for business, what he said. And he was going to be aggressive. And he has been. You know, you feel like we hear rumors all the time. And so for me, for BYU, the the Big 12 is a great fit because of some stability. I don't think anybody's worried about the Big 12 crumbling tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think Big 12 is here to stay. And and so that adds a little bit more assurance as, as we move forward. Your Mark's doing a great job, and securing a contract two years out was a big deal to put the pressure on the Pac-12. Much more on that and uh, the Big 12 and BYU coming up, but you got to join us coming up when BYU officially joins the league on Saturday, July 1st, 5 to 7 Eastern time. Come hang out with us. If you can't watch or listen on BYU TV and BYU Radio, we're calling it the big party. It's the game day crew. Spencer and myself will be there as well. Check it out on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Up next, we look at how the Big 12 is shaping up in football, men's basketball, and women's hoops on this Big 12 roundtable on BYU Sports Nation. Women's soccer is ready to go in the Big 12. Last year, Texas won the regular season title. BYU joins Texas, TCU, and UCF as teams that were ranked in the final poll last year. These four plus West Virginia made the NCAA tournament. All five teams won at least one game in the tourney. BYU and TCU had the deepest runs last year. Both made it to the Sweet 16. Jennifer Rockwood's squad looks like they'll compete right away for a Big 12 title led by Brecken Mozingo and Jamie Shepard. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Studio B alongside David Nixon, Kristen Kozlowski, and Tyler Haas. I'm Jerem Jordan. Let's break down each of the three sports you cover, starting with football. David, your initial thought on the Big 12 and how it looks in 2023. Well, I look back at last year, and there's a lot of parity, I feel like, in the Big 12. Traditionally, it's been Texas and Oklahoma. Um, but you look at last year, you look at what happened with TCU, you look at what happened with Kansas State winning the, winning the, the, the Big 12 championship. Um, and, and then you look at teams, Kansas started 5-0 and last year. And you look at down the list and all of a sudden Oklahoma's down at the bottom of the list. And so for me, parity is, is the name of the game where any given week, I feel like any team in this conference can, can pull off an upset or, or steal a game. And I think that's where for BYU moving forward, They've got to be prepared for, for week in and week out of this schedule, but knowing that there's no easy games. There's no throwaway games. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Kansas has, has went 5-0, and and then it, you know, look at Kansas State and the, the run they had at the end of the season. Um, and, and so there's a lot of fun storylines. Baylor, as we talked about earlier, Jeff Grimes and the familiarity there, and Mateos, um, and uh, you know, the, a lot of crossover here. But it's, it's exciting. I, I think for BYU players and, and, and BYU having been prepared for this moment, having played these type of schedules, playing a lot of P5s, 
they're ready for the, for this type of schedule. Um, but the Big 12s, they're, they're the real deal. And I think they've stepped up. All these teams in the conference have stepped up their game as well. I think, like I said, Texas and Oklahoma for so long have been kind of the, the leaders of this conference. But now you've got Kansas State and TCU are trying to make a name for themselves as well. I think all those teams have stepped up their recruiting. Um, and so that's where it comes into play where – this schedule can go really anywhere. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, when you start to go down the schedule and figure out what's wins and what's losses, I think BYU has a really good shot at all those games, but you got to know that, uh, I mean, it's a well-rounded conference football-wise. You walk in with fewer kind of, yep, that's absolutely a win games in BYU history, and it's two. It's the first two that you're like, we got to win those. And then who knows in the Big 12, which, by the way, as well, adding to the Baylor thing, Eric Mateos is there, uh, former line coach. And the Barrington brothers yes, transferred there. Transfers. Mm-hmm. has not lost a ton to the portal that are big time to another school. Those are two that uh, kind of hurt a little bit. But in football, where are you hoping BYU, and we'll get to this more a little bit later as well, is where are you kind of hoping they fit in the Big 12 in year one? Uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic on, on how this next season goes for BYU. I, I think they have a really strong chance of, of making a name for themselves and, and making some noise uh, throughout this regular season. Um, I, I, I think BYU is a middle of the pack. Big 12 as it stands right now with the ability, if guys can stay healthy, which has always been BYU's problem, right? We've always talked about football. BYU lacks depth, and, and there's no question about that. I think BYU starting 22, they can hang with anybody in the country. And we've seen that play out. You look at BYU's uh, seasons during independence, BYU fares really well in September, and we, we pulled, BYU's pulled off some great upsets because your guys are healthy. But then you start going throughout the schedule, like last year, all of a sudden you start facing Arkansas after you've had a tough you know, first three games, and next you know you got guys injured, right? Um, and so if BYU can keep their 22 healthy, and, and, and some of these backups, which we talked about with some transfers in, have helped add to that, to that depth, um, I, think they, I think they have a, a chance to go make some serious noise and, and make a run in this Big 12. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of these teams. And, and I will say this, the great thing about being your first year in the Big 12 is that teams aren't used to playing you. I mean, when's the last time BYU played Kansas State? 90, whatever 97 it was. 97 Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's been years. Texas Tech, same type of deal. And so uh, a lot of these teams BYU hasn't played for decades. And so they're not ready for BYU because they're not used to playing them. They're not used to their personnel and the, and the schemes. Uh, and the same can be said about BYU. They're not used to playing them either. But I think that's where the surprise element can come into play. And, and like I said, BYU can hopefully make a little run here. Okay, let's look at women's hoops. What sticks out about the league, Kristen? Uh, well, the, very good. I mean, especially the top six, really good. Six teams make the NCAA tournament. Um, we saw seven of those teams have a 20-plus win season. So strong women's basketball conference. Oklahoma, one of those teams in Texas, those two teams tied at 14-4 and four as co-champions. And then Iowa State goes on to win the Big 12 tourney. Oklahoma's a team that BYU played last November and went, you know, down to the wire, maybe midway through the fourth, it kind of got away from them. But that was a good test for BYU in that one. And then six teams, as I mentioned, made the NCAA tournament, three teams in the final AP poll. And one game that we're particularly looking forward to is, is Texas. I know Lauren Gustin, high anticipating this game, a lot of excitement to play her former high school, former college teammate in Shaylee Gonzalez, who's at Texas. She was the newcomer of the year as well for the Big 12. She uh, was fantastic there. Yes. And it's going to be a weird feeling of, hey, what's up? How's it going? But women's hoops, it's a good league, and it's an upgrade from the WCC that had some good teams, but it was mainly Gonzaga, BYU. Sometimes someone else would do something. Now you're in a situation where you're not staring at a low RPI of somebody late in the season. All those games are good, and uh, you're going to have games that really benefit you. And now you don't have to win as many games to get into the tourney. Men's hoops certainly we'll talk about in a moment with that, but 
your schedule's going to be tougher. That means your non-con doesn't have to be as tough. Exactly. And that's where I think the balance lies, right, for Amber Whiting and what she does in terms of schedule is because she's going to have so many new pieces to this roster coming in. You have to balance their ability to gain confidence, gain chemistry going into the Big 12. And like you said, you don't have to finish at the top, but they got to situate themselves right in the middle to have a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. And to do that, I mean, she's got a good core that's returning, coming back. They got a great shot at this, but if that chemistry, like we said, the, the puzzle pieces that are coming together, that's going to be what's crucial. And, I mean, when you're playing teams like Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, go down the list, right, it's like playing Gonzaga every single night. I mean, this is what, on the football side, you're getting huge Power 5 teams every single night. On the men's and women's basketball side, it's like for, for men's basketball, it's Gonzaga-St. Mary's every single night, mm -hmm. kind of a mixture of that, right? For the women's side, it's a Gonzaga caliber style of a team. And so you got to bring your A game every single game. No team is recruiting as well as women's hoops right now, by the oh way. Oh, my gosh. They are the, the standard bearer in the new Big 12 era right now of quality talent. Everybody's doing a good job. Women's hoops doing an amazing job. More on who's coming back, as you mentioned, in a minute. Men, then there's men's hoops, Ty. Um, there's no tougher league in America and any sport that BYU is jumping into than men's basketball. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, uh, according to Ken Palm, and, and I think everybody else around the country can agree that it is the premier basketball league. And, you know, major upgrade from the WCC, Kristen touched on it. Similar to the women's side, Gonzaga dominated the WCC. And every time you played Gonzaga, there was just different energy and big opportunity. You're playing that team every single night in the Big 12. You know, Kansas, um, you know, very good league top to bottom, but Kansas has, has really dominated this league over the last uh, couple of decades. I mean, a number of uh, league championships, tournament championships. Um, but, you know, you look at this last season, you know, watching the NCAA tournament, I'm going, there, seven of the ten, ten teams are, are in this tournament right now. And so um, I, I think... From a scheduling perspective, uh, major shift for, for BYU. You know, preseason, there was so much pressure when I played on preseason and getting a couple of quad one wins just to build your resume for the, for the tournament. And you don't have to rely on that as much. I think knowing Coach Pope and his staff, they're going to go out and seek some big challenges in the preseason. But uh, there's major opportunity just in the league to be able to get those quad one wins and uh, and have an opportunity in in the tournament. So I'm I'm really really excited about uh, just what this does for the men's program. L listen, from my basketball analyst perspective, which you have <laughs> been, if, if BYU doesn't win the Big 12 in basketball next year, I'll be very disappointed. Oh, Hopefully, Mark Pope's watching this. Nice. I'm kidding. Come on, go win it. Now, a couple more notes along what you said. BYU typically has played eight to ten quad one games a year. Mm -hmm. It is anticipated they will play sixteen quad one or two games in league only. So in non-conference, you don't really need a ton. You need a, a couple here and there. Mm -hmm. And BYU is still going to play. We know uh, a handful of good games. San Diego State is going to yeah. be in Provo. They're going to go to Vegas to play a couple that will be quad one or two and whatnot. Hunter Dickinson goes from Michigan to Kansas. He was like the number one recruit in the portal. Hey, great news for the Jayhawks. Um, but what, what the Big 12 doesn't know is when they come to Provo, oh, it's like playing at Kansas. Like we didn't know about it. It's like a hidden gem. That's going to be a ton of fun. By the way, Houston was a one seed. They entered the fray. And Oklahoma uh, State, Cincinnati, UCF all made the NIT, meaning 11 of the 14 made it. And this was the rare year where BYU did not. Mm -hmm. So certainly BYU's got some work to do uh, in men's basketball. Okay, and women's volleyball. 
BYU will enter the 2023 season ready to compete in one of the best leagues in the country as well. Texas won the national championship last year. Five of the ten teams made the tourney. Three of the new four went dancing as well, including seven-seed BYU. You better believe Heather Olmstead has a talented squad ready for this, led by Whitney Bauer, Aaron Livingston, and Whitney Larinus. Up next, how ready is the athletic department as a whole? Plus, what does the future of the league look like? This is the Big 12 Roundtable on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. As good as the Big 12 is in men's basketball, it's almost as tough in baseball. TCU won the Big 12 tournament this year, used the momentum to carry them to the College World Series with a couple of wins. Horned Frogs are one of six Big 12 teams to make the tourney, the most selections for the Big 12 since 2017. Trent Pratt's BYU team looks to improve on a, a tough season last year, seventh in the WCC led by Bryce Robison, Ozzie Pratt, and Cooper Vest. Hey, I, I will say this about baseball. So you mentioned grew up at Tech Call Station, was Big 12. They actually uh, camp out and, and do tailgating for baseball season as for well. Baseball, for baseball as season. Well as not football. just football. No, just, not just football. They, 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 baseball is like the <laughs> real deal down man. in the South. And oh, listen, it, it, you have the weather down there to play year round. And so that's why I think yes. there, there's a big emphasis on baseball versus yeah. here. It's obviously tough to do so. Um, and so, I think baseball is going to be one so sport as well. So BYU fans need be to step tough. up their game and start these tailgates, right? Why not? Yeah, we got to tailgate better for football first, <laughs> I think. Then we get to the other sports. Okay, let's let's play a little game of uh, you know readiness level one to five. One is not ready. Five is ready. How ready is football, women's basketball, and men's basketball? We'll start with you, David, in football. Yeah, listen, I, I ran some advanced uh, analytics and statistics uh, no, on this. Um, and my personal take on this, I actually put BYU at three and a half. Okay. And, and the reason Decimal being – points are available here. BYU last year, most P5 games in the season, seven games. Um, they, they've been trending towards this where they're facing very competitive schedules, uh, facing competitive teams. I mean – BYU, when they do the P5s, BYU's not scheduling the, the lower tier of, of these P5 schools. They've been going after the top, top teams. And so I think BYU football-wise, they're ready for this moment. They, they've, they've, they've played these, these, this tough type of schedule week in and week out. And so I'm confident this team will be ready. Um, I put a three and a half because, like I said, there's, there's going to be some moments where playing the grueling week in and week out uh, versus just playing the front-loaded schedule like we've seen during Independence. This is now kind of back-ended. Uh, which, by the way, can be a positive thing for, for football. I, I look at guys are so torn down during training camp. When training camp ends, you're so exhausted that it's nice to have those kind of buffer games, those easy games, those first couple games of the season to kind of regroup and, and, and recoup your health and get stronger. And that's why most teams are successful throughout the rest of the season. BYU, because of independence, you front load the schedule and you're playing tough P5s week one after you come out of fall camp. And so I know clients always try to, to manage that. But it's still really, I mean, it's, it's a reality of football. And so uh, the schedule lends itself, itself towards, you know, hopefully being successful in the sense that you have those kind of easier games early on and you kind of build and build and build uh, towards the end of the schedule. So three and a half is, 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 is uh, my very, um, like I said, statistical driven Yeah, you, you crunch the numbers yeah. Um, yeah, in your phone calculator. Uh, <laughs> a few top returners. Ben Bywater's back on defense. Tyler Batty is back. Cody Epps, Keanu Hill are just a couple of the guys. Uh, Cody Epps entered the portal, came back just like Lauren Gustin did. Um, there, there's a couple of wins there. Key additions, Keaton, and there's a lot. Keaton Slovis at quarterback. That's about as good of a quarterback as BYU possibly could have gotten. Aiden Robbins had 1,000 yards at UNLV. Eddie Heckard was an FCS All-American at Weber State. 
he joins Jay Hill. Isaiah Banya from Boise State. Deion Smith was the leading rusher at Colorado. These are just five of many newcomers who need to have an impact. Yeah, I mean, Keen Slovis, obviously we have him highlighted because quarterback in football is the main guy. But this is a guy who's thrown for over 10,000 yards in his career so far. He's a veteran guy. He has over uh, 60 touchdowns in his career as well. And so that's what BYU needed heading into the Big 12. You couldn't roll out a freshman. And you couldn't roll a kid that didn't have experience. You had to go with somebody that's been been around the block and played in a P5. Like he comes from USC and Pitt. Third P5. Conference. Exactly. He's yeah. played. He's played in the, in this realm. So uh, I like him. I like Aiden Robbins. And, and Aiden Robbins, is a kid who comes coming from UNLV, um, he rushed for over a thousand yards in his career at UNLV. But when you stand next to this kid, have you been, have you stood next to him on the sideline? Six three two thirty. He feels Man. like he's he feels like he's six five two seventy. The guy's he's huge. What, he's what you used to be in the <laughs> NFL. He's, he's a big dude. He reminds Former me of uh, Jacobs, who used to play for yeah. uh, for the for the Giants. But he's just a big running back. And once again, we talk about the, the kind of grinding it out and ground and pound. This is something that the BYU last year, going back, really struggled in short yardage situations. Yes, one of the worst in the, in the college football. Uh, and so and that probably lost a couple games. 100%. Yeah. And so you throw in a guy like Aiden Robbins, I mean, if you can't get a yard, then we should just quit. And this is tough because Chris Brooks averaged over six yards a carry. Yeah. But there were situations where it was tough. Okay, women's hoops, readiness level one to five. I went with the underdog approach on this one. I, I didn't pull all of my algorithms here, but I, I went with a three. I'm leaning towards a three and a half, somewhere right in there. 3.25. Three quarters. I, three quarters. I, I like yeah. the underdog approach because then you just – Exceed expectations, right? And I think that's where BYU's at. I mean, they come off the WCC. They were 16 and 16 this last year, right at 50%. And I just think Amber Whiting has done a fantastic job in her recruitment at bringing in transfers at the 2023 class. I mean, they're an outstanding class. We'll get to more on that. But meshing those with the returners, her core seven really are top seven players return. So we didn't lose anyone there, led by Lauren Gustin, obviously, the nation's leading rebounder. I mean, it's 16.7 rebounds per game. That's insane. And to have her come back, but now can she do that against the Big 12 competition? It's going to be a lot tougher at six foot one because she's already undersized. But with the talent that's coming back and meshing of the transfers and the 2023 class, led by Amari Whiting, who is in that 2023 class, uh, Coach Amber's Whiting's daughter, I just think it's going to be key for them to mesh and mesh early in that chemistry and continuity. A big reason I think that that will come together is their trip in Italy come in August, and I think that trip's going to be huge for them. And things that Coach Whiting has talked about, I'm going to switch up the roommates. I'm going to make sure we don't have phones at dinner. I'm going to make sure that the chemistry is developing going into the season. That's going to be big for this team and to stay healthy. We haven't had the depth that she's wanted, especially this last year, to perform. We saw that with the 2021-2022 team that was outstanding. That's a team that probably could come in, would get a four, four and a half in my mind going into the Big 12, but I'm putting them right at a three. I think that there's some growth. Okay, some of those top returners, and you mentioned it, Lauren Gustin leads the way. Nani Falatea was a first-team all-conference player as a sophomore. The uh, New Zealand backcourt of Ariel Mackey-Williams and Kaylee Smiler are back. That's a ton of experience. Key additions. Top 50, baby. Amari Whiting, number 33 in the class of 2023. Jenna Sai transfers from Oregon. She was number 36 in that class. Kaylee Woolston from Lone Peak locally. Utah Gatorade Player of the Year. Aliyah Matavau was the Nevada Gatorade Player of the Year, and there are others. New assistant John Wardenberg is back. That was one of Tyler's assistant coaches on the men's side. That is a loaded class, not to mention a couple others from the transfer portal. Absolute studs. When you look at that list, these are players that will be able to spread the floor. 
that can go out there and play a little bit of bully ball with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, and that's what BYU's needed, especially going into the Big 12. you got to come out. You have to be able to have energy and to want to fight after every loose ball, win the 50-50 balls, go rebound like Lauren Gustin in your position, right? She's going to need that at every position, and obviously with Amari Whiting coming in and the balance of Nani Falatea as well, it's going to be fun to see those two guards. And Amari coming off that ACL, they're going to gauge her and kind of slow pace her back. There's no rush. Um, she'll be able to start contact when they do go to Italy, so they're going to put her in there in some situations to continue to lead this team. And she's so young right now, obviously coming in as a freshman, but so much leadership from Amari from what I've seen. And then all the other players that are coming in, you got some players that can play at the 3-4 spot that can do be those utility players, but also the guards coming in. But I really like how it's going to look, how she's filling spots that she needed to fill, knowing that not only she needs a starting five, but she needs the depth, like all the way through 7th, 8th, and ninth that she had, didn't have this last season. Do they need to be out of the 14 teams in the top kind of six? Is that where you're hoping they end up yeah. with a nice returning group and a nice uh, incoming group? Well, and if you just go off of how many teams made the NCAA tournament last year, that was six, right? So I think We'd take that. I think you're safe if you are in the top six to get into the NCAA tournament because of what we talked about. Yep. You're playing higher caliber. You're going to get more quad ones. And so that's, that's right where I think, I mean, first year Big 12, you can be top six. That's pretty good. Okay, men's hoop, certainly coming off a disappointing season, but a lot of uh, returning, which we'll get to in a second. So what's your readiness level, one to five? Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions around BYU hoops right now, and, and I recognize I'm putting on my, my you know, blue goggles here, but I, I'm going it's with what a we four, do here. Jerem. A four, four let's go, Ty! Wow! Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think they're going to surprise a lot of people and they're going to exceed expectations coming into the league. You know, I've been in locker rooms with Pope and I, I know he's going to have those guys believing they're at least a four or a five and they're ready for the, this opportunity and challenge. And so I think it starts with Pope, starts with the vision that he has created, but I think the program as a whole is trending upward. You know, I look at last season and some of the really close quad one games that they played in uh, they won a couple of them I mean Creighton Utah they they took San Diego State down to the wire you know they went to the national title game right exactly you know and I, I talked with Dallin Hall about that after the the season and they're just chomping at the bit feeling like they were so close and and I you know I I feel like I, I, I do have some BYU bias. I recognize that. We all do in this room. <laughs> we all do. On this channel. Everyone watching. <laughs> yeah. But Everyone's they were biased. close. They were close. They, they were right there. I feel like they were 20 good minutes away from being in the NCAA tournament. And so I think with these newcomers that they, they've brought on board, they're filling in the gaps and the weaknesses that, that they need to, uh, to elevate their game. Ali Khalifa is uh, Egyptian. He comes in from Charlotte. He's a six foot eleven guy that can pass it really well, shoot the three, finish with both hands. Dawson Baker's a return missionary who's been at UC Irvine, leading score there on a regular season champ in the Big West. Quez Glover started at Florida, now at Samford, now at BYU. Uh, quick guard, not to mention as we showed, Foose and Spencer Johnson, Jackson Robinson, Dallin Hall, Trevin Nails coming back off an injury. So that's a nice group, and they're still looking for one more piece. And uh, we await the non-conference schedule, which, again, they don't have to go hard in that one <laughs> because the conference schedule is going to be so tough. Okay, the softball team's heading into a league that's been dominated by Oklahoma. If you watch the sport, they won 54 in a row. They won three national titles in a row. They're unbelievable 
Five teams made the NCAA Regional. Again, half the league. Cougars have been really good for a long time in softball. Will be one of those teams that likely gets into this league, makes the tourney quickly and often as Gordon Eakins led by a talented group with WCC Defensive Player of the Year, Ilana Agbayani, and Freshman of the Year, Haley Morrow. Up next, we discuss the future of the Big 12 Conference. What does it look like in the next couple of years? This is BYU Sports Nation. Of all the programs at BYU, men and women's cross country and track and field seem the most Big 12 ready in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's been a power in men's cross country. BYU won the men's cross country and track and field program of the year this year, so the Cougars fit in right away as headed up by Ed Eyestone. On the women's side, Texas won the outdoor national championship in track and field, and Oklahoma State won the conference title in cross country. The BYU women have been able to compete for the top spot in the conference, I think right away, as well as uh, distance running carries the Cougars at this school for the most part, led by Diljeet Taylor. Jerem Jordan, David Nixon, Chris Kozlowski, Tyler Haas on this Big 12 round table. Let's now talk about what we think this league's gonna look like in the next couple of seasons. Lots of discussion relative to uh, the competition, uh, poaching the Pac-12 at some point, uh, the new TV deal, and so on. What do you see in the next five years? Well, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas take off uh, after this next year. Um, and and all, you know, all these other teams are, have been added. Uh, I think from a football perspective, I think the, 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 the nature of the competitiveness will only help right? UCF, for example, and Houston, who, who have been uh, American Athletic Conference. All of a sudden, they, their game rises, right? BYU comes to independence. And so I think it becomes a very competitive league. And then from there, there's what we talked about earlier, it's stability. If, you're, if you are a Pac-12 team, and there are still rumors of now Oregon and Washington, um, I don't know why you don't look at the Big 12 and, and look at jump and ship. And so uh, I think the league as a whole, it's, it's going to be fluid. I think all of college, the whole college landscape is fluid right now. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. But I think the Big 12s, along with the SEC and the Big 10, I think those are your three most stable conferences. I mean, there's even rumors of ACC of groups looking elsewhere, right? They're um, locked in until, what, 31 with that TV deal? Yeah, and so, but at the same time, you know, we, we know money talks and buyouts and whatever can happen, right? So uh, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, but I think Big 12, honestly, is positioned for football-wise, I think it's positioned really well moving forward. What do you think, Kristen? I think there will be expansion in the next five years for sure. I, I think it's more landscape-driven, you know, and then also value-driven, what schools can come in and bring value, right? Um, from the basketball side, from men's and women's basketball, I think there's always a possibility. I know there's rumors right now, particularly with San Diego State, UConn, Gonzaga, schools that might be able to jump a little bit quicker that we could go after and really expand and bring value on the basketball side. Um, and they have more freedom to do that because, you know, in, in the conferences they're in right now. But I do think that we'll see that expansion come when it will come. I know I know waiting on the Pac-12 deal and is there going to be disgruntled teams and more shifting will come. But also the facilities. I know that we've talked about the football facility. And I think in the next five years now with more money in 2025, when BYU officially gets a part of that deal, we're going to be able to have plans for those and, and when that will start you know, is to be determined. But I do think that BYU on the list is to get a only football facility, indoor facility. Also the Smithfield House, that needs to be upgraded. I think. 100%. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how old that is, but the, I do think that might be coming. The court does not. It has Correct. TerraFlex, it's yeah. Olympic level, but and they did uh, do the seats a year ago. 
So I, what part do you want upgraded? Because <laughs> they maybe. did do the seats and the courts good. Yeah, I do. Do you I want seats think, on the other side? Yeah, I just think that Blow out the other think courts, about man. how full that is. Can can we expand somehow and get more fans in there? Because I think we would, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. While we're at it, do the RB as well. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They did the pool recently. Yeah. They did that. Yeah, so, I did hear that. Yeah. So. Just yeah. go around the pool. The basketball courts, all that, just just make it nice. This is where Tyler was practicing because they didn't have an annex back then. Yeah, that's where I practiced too. And you practiced too, yeah, yeah. You, you had the beginnings of the uh, indoor practice. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. No. But Tyler, next five years, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's really, really exciting. I mean, you look at, I read an article by that um, they interviewed the commissioner and uh, hearing his vision and, you know, David touched on the stability of the league. Like he's going after just stability and he has the long-term approach in mind. And I think, uh, I, I would expect there to be some more teams that jump in and add value, but I, I think it's a very stable conference for the next five to ten years, and uh, the TV deal and, and the things that they have in place right now are very encouraging for all the teams in it, and yeah, expect to see some upgrades, and it's just really an exciting time, and expect to see some big things. We know BYU operates in the black, not the red, so once they get the money, then they'll spend the money. Yes. So it may yes. take a couple of years, but let's talk numbers right now. So the Big 12 hasn't announced this, but it's been reported by everybody that in 2025, there will be a new TV deal with ESPN and Fox. They renewed for $31.7 million a year. We don't know the BYU number now. We're thinking it's between 8 and 12 in independence. That's a massive upgrade. BYU gets about half of the existing deal the first two years. And I've been told BYU's kind of total revenue from the league is going to be Around $20 million, just a little bit under, which is awesome. That's a, a lot more than it has been, I was told. This year, the TV contract was $22 mil for the Big 12 teams. They were given $44 mil total for reference. That includes not only the TV deal, but college football playoff, corporate sponsorships, Big 12 tournaments, title games, March Madness units, and so on. That's awesome. We're about <laughs> to get paid. I'm not talking about us, unfortunately, but Brigham Young is. And also, regarding the TV deal, so ESPN and Fox – for football and men's basketball are the rights holders. Any games outside of that that aren't going to be broadcast on linear TV, outside of men's volleyball, which is the only sport that doesn't go to the Big 12, they stay in the MPSF, will be on ESPN+. So the, uh, you know, a lot of women's hoops, women's volleyball, baseball, softball, gymnastics, and so on, will be ESPN+. But the good news is we're going to produce and in most cases still call those games. Yes. So we're still involved. And all studio shows stay on BYU TV. So pre and post for football and basketball, still going. So it's not like we get any busier or less, but it's kind of the same yeah. this next year, which will be fun. It'll Similar. be fun. If you don't got your ESPN Plus, you better get that. So Listen, I think wanna... this this uh, demo has Disney Plus. So just bundle that yeah. if you haven't already. So let's go. Okay, we'll, we'll see what facility upgrades we get in the next couple of years. But, hey, up to 50 mil a year in total revenue? Are you kidding me? Well, we talk about facilities That's with that great. money, but that also, the money goes also towards paying coaches. And so I know BYU, yes. going into Big 12 football-wise, very short on analysts. BYU, BYU, the, the Big 12 had, I think it was six or eight analysts. BYU had like two or four. Mm -hmm. So we were m less than half. And so with that type of money, now you can get more analysts, you get more support staff. So it's not just facilities. It's, it's filling out the entire org chart, basically, and making sure the BYU is well-staffed. Uh, and that the kids are getting the, the proper coaching, but also proper resources as far as film and making sure everything's cut down. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge addition for, you know, all around. Okay, the Big 12, uh, as we mentioned, has a bunch of good sports. Golf, one of them as well. Eight of the ten on the men's side went through the NCAA regionals, including three of the newbies. Bruce Brockbank's squad made it to the NCAA championships. 
this season so the Cougars fit in. And on the women's side, seven teams made it in, plus Houston. Kerry Roberts always has a good squad, and they will be in the mix right away. Again, join us Saturday, July 1st, as BYU Athletics celebrates joining the Big 12. It's the big party with the BYU Sports Nation game day crew. Spencer and I will be there as well from 5 to 7 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV and radio apps. After the break, who is winning a Big 12 title in year one? Plus, how many teams do we expect to make NCAA tournaments? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Gymnastics enters a new era, leaving the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference for the Big 12. It's unique. It's Oklahoma, West Virginia, Iowa State, and then Denver is an affiliate. Five teams total. Cougars are a perennial regional group. Guard Young, former Oklahoma assistant from BYU Cougar, he, he'll have his team ready for that as well. Okay, two questions to finish. Which BYU team will win a Big 12 title in year number one? Football may be tough. Mm. Mm. Women's yeah. hoops, men's hoops. Mm. Maybe not in these three. <laughs> okay. But you can not. make the NCAA tournament. It's not always about the conference yeah. title, right? Um, I think women's soccer, cross country, golf, they've got decent shots at winning in yeah. year one. Okay, second and final question. Which BYU teams make the NCAA tournament in their sport? That may look different in football. Yeah, I, I, I think we could put that under the category of bowl game. Okay. Okay, and I think that's a big debate. Does BYU get enough wins, six wins or more? I'm in the camp of yes. I think BYU is a 7-5 uh, eight and eight and four type Ooh, team. Oh, you said eight and four. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like okay. uh, that's 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 what I'm rolling with. How about women's hoops? I expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament on the women's basketball side. Top six. That's what we talked about, right? You got to make the top six, and I think they're going to surprise some people because of what Amber Whiting has been doing in the offseason. She's been killing it in recruiting and just bringing that together with her core returners. So I do expect them to make the NCAA tournament. Can men's hoops dance in year Ooh. one? I think so. I, <laughs> okay. think that, I think they're coming back this year. And, you know, I think, you know, you look at the guys that played in big games last season and stepped up in big moments. They're going to have to win some really big games. And I think they're ready. Dallin Hall, Spencer Johnson, these guys, they played in these big moments. They're ready. Okay, final word. BYU's joining the Big 12 this week, David. Mm. It's about time. Inhale it. It is, it is. It is about time. And I think all of, like I said, I think the fans are ready. I think the players are ready. I think the coaches are ready. I think that life department, I think everyone is ready for this moment. And now it's finally here. And so just, just we, we got to enjoy it because from here on out, you're finally part of the P5 status. I feel like the theme, and, and I think it was announced at some point, that in the athletic department for the last two years as we've been preparing is to level up. And I feel like mm. we've done that, you know, in terms of facilities, getting them ready, and the staff, off the court staff, on the court staff, and I, I definitely think we've leveled up. It's go time. I, I think every – all programs have been preparing for this moment for a long time, and, and I think uh, BYU is going to surprise a lot of people in the conference. Let's go. Okay, that concludes today's roundtable. David, Kristen, Tyler, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. just lonely. Spencer and I <laughs> hanging out in here. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Maybe next time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For the aforementioned David Nixon, Kristen Kozlowski, Tyler Hawes and our crew, thanks for joining us on this Big 12 Roundtable Special. Go Cougs! <laughs>